0: In this episode, I talk with top professional player Zane Navitrelle on how the game of pickleball is changing. He talks about the advanced shots he teaches 4.5 players and above. He also discusses how his own game strategy has evolved over the years and how he used statistics to help identify areas of improvement. All of this is working for Zane as he recently finished second in men's pro doubles in a Newport Beach tournament, losing to Ben and Colin Johns in the final. So let's get to the intro to hear more from Zane. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the podcast, Zane Navratel. Welcome, Zane.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Lynn.
0: Yeah, it was great that you could jump on today. And I want to get into your vast number of pickleball accomplishments, despite I think being in the game a fairly short time. But I wanted to go ahead and start with how you were introduced to pickleball and when that was.
1: Oh, yeah, I I like to tell this story. Wow, this is a a good intro. So I I was a tennis player in high school. And I played in college as well. But I was a tennis player. And my dad told me that he started playing pickleball, and this was in 2013. So I had all the preconceived notions of what pickleball was all about, which was, you know, a bunch of old guys hitting these little dink shots or whatever. And so I told my dad, like, no, I'll probably just, I'd probably rather just do nothing over winter break than play pickleball. And, you know, I spent a couple days doing nothing, and then I finally got bored enough where I went and played with my dad one time. And I got out there, watch a game, trying to figure it out. Everybody's hitting these dink shots. And I'm like, this is so, this looks so dumb to me. I, (laughs) and so I I got out there and I decided like, I was going to show these guys, right. I was just going to start smacking everything and, and show them how they should play and then probably get out of there and never play again. But I did that and I just got my butt kicked and I was, very competitive, and I still am a really competitive person. And so, I kept getting my butt kicked over and over and over by people that were three times my age, actually four times my age, some of them. And and um, then I kind of fell in love with it. I just kept playing and playing whenever I could. And I went to college. I played played tennis in college, and I was always kind of looking forward to a little bit of a a break playing pickleball over winter and and summer. So I got hooked on it. And and yeah, that's just been just been addicted ever since 2013.
0: And so it sounds like you fully transitioned over to pickleball. Now, when when did that happen?
1: Sure, yeah. So I, I went to school to become an accountant. I was an auditor for Deloitte and Touche from September of 2018 through oh wait, no, to September of 2019 through July of this year, 2020. So I didn't make it long. I was, you know, I was working a lot and I was just doing some teaching on the side of, of doing some pickleball. And I was really liking the teaching as well. And so I was like, you know, I can, I can make a go of this. And so I quit my job in July and I've been doing pickleball full-time since then. So for about, uh, almost five, five months now.
0: Wow, that's quite a switch from accounting to full-time pickleball. What does your family think about that?
1: I think my mom wanted to kill me. My dad, he was on board. He's like, yeah, you know what? You're only young once. So yeah, he was he was good. And it is it is a time-sensitive opportunity to be able to play a sport professionally, right? I can't do it when I'm 90. I can do it when I'm 24, 25. And the nice part is I left, left my job on on good terms and they kind of understood the same thing you know you don't, there's a limited window with which you can play a sport and you know auditing is is there when you're when you're done right so yeah my uh mixed response
0: right well it, it's good to hear you have definitely have something to fall back on but it sounds like you probably won't need that for a while since you've had quite a bit of success can you talk a little bit about your accomplishments in pickleball
1: well yeah I mean I being able to, to devote a lot of a lot of time to it really kind of helps helps right being able to practice and being able to treat it like a like the pro sport that it's really kind of molding into you know right now we're in a spot where there are some a lot of people are still running their normal full-time jobs and doing playing pickleball tournaments on the weekends and I think at a certain point, that can only get you so far. At a certain point, I think you need to be able to devote your entire focus to it to really exceed at the top level. And, you know, it's not possible when it's not financially lucrative. However, it's it's getting to the point with sponsors and with these two chores that, that you can do it. So I guess I'd say, you know, recently I've I've been meddling in, in most of the tournaments that I've, I'm playing in and doing, you know, top three in singles. I think I'm ranked number number four in the in the world and by pickleball global i was number three in in singles in the in the ppa the pro pickleball associations ranking so i'm a little bit higher ranked in singles but i'm really working on the on the doubles so so yeah i've been i've been doing all right it's really it's uh it's a lot of fun i'm seeming to be doing better and better every tournament that's good
0: well congratulations on the success and one thing i haven't really talked about on the podcast, because I really don't know a lot, are the two new pro tours. Can you tell me when they started and kind of, you know, the prize money that they offer and and anything else that you can think of?
1: Sure. Yeah. So there's the Association of Pickleball Professionals, APP, and then there's the Pro Pickleball Association, PPA. So I think they colluded on the name. To make it as confusing as possible but so the app started kind of in 2019 they ran the chicago open and then they were they had big plans to to do a, a whole bunch of tournaments in 2020 however a lot of them weren't able to happen due to covid and the ppa was kind of right in their footsteps a little bit they didn't run anything in 2019 however they had a i've had a a bigger presence probably in 2020. So, yeah, you know, I'd say the PPA has venues probably more around California, Florida, Arizona, you know, your, your typical pickleball destinations. Whereas the APP originally started as kind of a Midwestern tour and on from that, so the APP has some tournaments like the Chicago Open and Indianapolis, Cincinnati, some places that aren't quite as as large of pickleball destinations. However, there are a ton of different people playing. So it, uh, it seems like the, the PPA is offering a little bit more in the way of prize money. But so I think their tournaments are ranging between fifty and one hundred fifty thousand dollars of, of total prize money. And the APP tournaments range between I think about 25,000 and I think they have one tournament that's going to be 80,000 at the end of the year, I believe. So yeah, there's enough, there's enough cash to go around, which is good.
0: And are you playing both tours?
1: Yes, I'm going to be doing some of both. Some people have have made the decision to, to do PPA exclusively, however, I don't. Feel that that's in my kind of best interest to limit myself, and I really like going to places like Cincinnati and Chicago and some of the other places that aren't quite as mainstream. Maybe pickleball, I like it, and it's you know some of these are actually drivable for me. Boy, I'll, I'll drive anywhere other than like California. That that gets brutal. I've driven to I've driven to Atlanta. You know that's not an easy drive either. But out west even tougher. So yeah, I'm I'm planning on doing both of
0: the tours And in, in terms of the tour, how is you know, what's going on due to COVID? I would imagine obviously in 2020 they had a lot less events, but as people I think are getting more used to COVID and kind of dealing with it, is there you think what are the what does it look like in 2021?
1: Yeah, I mean so between March and about july basically everything was canceled because there was no way to plan a tournament with so much uncertainty however now they kind of have it down to a a science a little bit some places some tournaments are not allowing spectators or just giving you text messages when you can enter the venue so anyway the tournaments are running now they've got it figured out so i don't think that unless there are state-by-state state restrictions, I don't think that there's going to be any issue in 2021 having these tournaments. In fact, tomorrow I'm leaving for a, a tournament in Newport Beach, um, California, and California is probably one of the most restricted states in the country right now. However, they're still having a tournament that has over 500 players signed up because they're doing it in a manner that seems safe to do. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking now if you can do a, a tournament in California right now, I think there should be no problem doing other tournaments so long as they're outdoors, right? It might be problematic for some Northern state indoor tournaments. I don't think those would run. However, there aren't too many of those anyway. So I'm thinking that 2021, you know, maybe things won't be, I doubt things will be back to normal in terms of having spectators and whatnot, but I do think that the tournaments are going to run. So,
0: Well, that's great to hear. And it's interesting that you're going to Newport Beach. I grew up about 15 minutes from there when I was um, young. It's a beautiful area, and that's definitely one thing in California. You don't really have to worry about playing indoors. It's probably all outdoors.
1: <laughs> right. Or oh, where'd you grow up? Right nearby there, huh?
0: I did. Uh, Southern Orange County, Mission Viejo. So about fit my okay. niece actually lives in the Newport Beach area also. But yeah, yeah. so... In terms of, you know, what you're doing with pickleball, it sounds like right now you're both, you know, playing in professional tournaments and teaching. Now, is teaching something that you plan to continue to do or if you can just play tournaments full time, would that be your end game?
1: I enjoy the teaching. However, I'm wondering, at a certain point, I don't think it's conducive to my play, right? I mean, an hour standing on a court is an hour that I could be, you know, practicing or doing something else, right? So I think I would be, as I, if I can, if the playing becomes more lucrative, I think I would scale back the teaching a little bit. I, but I still like to do it. I would love to still do, you know, a little bit of teaching on a, on a daily basis because I like to do it. So.
0: And when you're doing your teaching, is it, more advanced players, you know, since you are a pro player, is that kind of who your clinics and teaching is geared for, or do you just do all ranges?
1: I do all ranges. I think that I can, I can really add extra value to those players that are in the four, five, or even five zero range, right? Because there is a, you know, if you're just starting out playing pickleball, most player, most people that have played a little bit, they can help you out right? However, as you get to that higher level, there's fewer and fewer people who can actually have some constructive input for you. You know, I, if I was playing, if I was a 4-0, I probably wouldn't, <laughs> maybe it's just me, but I probably wouldn't be listening to, you know, a three o player critique my game. And, you know, there's plenty to be said about not all the time are the best players, the best coaches. At the stage that pickleball is in, I think most of the time that's kind of true right now because the best players are the ones that have been around the game a little bit longer and kind of understand it a little bit better. So I think I add extra value for higher level players, and I find that enjoyable as well. But no, I, I teach the whole the whole range. Other than I don't really teach too many beginners. Other than the unless they're just kind of friends of mine that I'm showing how to play the game. So.
0: That makes a lot of sense. In talking, in thinking about the 4.5 and 5.0 players that you work with, what is it that you work with them on to really take them to the next level?
1: Well, when I do go out there, I take a look to make sure that there's nothing mechanically that might be holding them back. One of the difficult things is at the 4.0 level and below, if you're dinking, you might get a dink, Eventually that gets popped up above the net and everybody knows above the net, you can smack that ball. Right. However, I haven't had somebody pop a dink up to me above the level of the net in years, right? At at the higher levels, those real real big pop-ups don't happen anymore. So offense needs to be initiated from below the level of the net. And so a lot of what I do with the higher level players is teaching them how to how to attack from below the net with some top spin, how to set that shot up. So I'd say that's the biggest thing. A lot of strategies sort of tips. A lot of play in type of stuff, where I will actually be like a, a fourth player and we'll play points and I'll point things out as we as we kind of go. So but I'd say that attacking from below the net is probably something I do almost every time when I'm when I'm working with those higher level players.
0: And then in terms of your playing style, what would you say about it? I mean, I, I know you've got quite an athletic background, you know, being a college tennis player also. What what made you really be successful and kind of what is your style now?
1: I think I have kind of an interesting style. I when I was, you know, a couple of years ago, the whole strategy was stay up on that kitchen line, stay up on the kitchen line, right? You know, reach into the kitchen. I I back up very very frequently I give myself a little bit more time to defend against harder shots instead of instead of standing in there so I back up off the line I play I'd say I call it playing forward and back a little bit more like moving moving a little bit a lot more than other people and so I I just have different sort of shot selections than other people I, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is but I'll yeah, I back up. I close in. I'm all over the place, really.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you're very fast on the court.
1: Oh, I, I try to use it while I can, and I'll only be fast for so long. So,
0: very true. Well, yeah, I mean, and like you said, the game the game has evolved and is evolving, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes in the future. One thing I wanted to ask you about, since you do have that accounting background and are kind of a numbers guy before we got on the podcast officially you kind of mentioned that you have an excel spreadsheet with pickleball stuff can you you know without giving away any secrets can you talk a little bit more about what you're tracking oh
1: yeah well i mean i started doing some tracking of you know some stats while i was playing like which shots i was missing you know what my success rate was when I did certain things or, or other other things, but then I kind of fell off of that. I, I I gained some some insights out of it. Like I realized that I was missing my my backhand slice into the net when I was going cross court to cross court. I was missing my backhand slice into the net more than I was giving the other person a ball that they could successfully attack. Right. So I was I was missing two shorts on the back end because you can miss you can miss dinks long really if you i i consider missing a dink long as something that the opponent can attack successfully so that's something that i i changed a little bit did a lot of some research on other than that it's you know just kind of insights about where i've been filling up my clinics and you know other just kind of business tracking type stuff so
0: yeah, and and since I also have kind of that statistics background, I'm curious as to how you even you know collected the data. I assume you had somebody else creating the stat sheet, or or did you just do it from video that you watched afterwards?
1: I did it from video that I was watching afterwards. Yeah, no, there's a, I, you know, there are a couple of people that are starting to dive into pickleball analytics. However, I didn't know I didn't know them before before I started doing this, so.
0: Well interesting. Okay, well just to finish up a couple more questions, one of the things I wanted to ask is which pickleball paddle do you play with and why do you use it?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I feel like I'm especially qualified to answer this recently because I'm a I'm a free agent in terms of sponsorship. So I've been trying just about every every paddle. I was I was with Onyx and I've used the Evoke Premier for for a while, and I think I'm still going to use that paddle. I really like it. It's to me, it feels close to a, a tennis racket. It has a lot, a lot of power to it. I'd say it's probably the most, one of the most powerful paddles on the market. And I like that it has power because then I can play at a lighter weight. Right, so I play. With a 7.5 ounce paddle, and if you use a 7.5 ounce paddle with a pa- with something that doesn't have enough power to it, you will have you won't be able to crack an egg. So, I use a light paddle that has a decent amount of power, and the face to it is very very gritty. You can actually generate a lot of spin as well. And you know, every paddle says oh it's great for power control and spin or whatever, but to me, I haven't found something that that rivals the, the power of it. I've been messing around with the Electrum paddle and that thing has got a a very different face to it. It's got more spin than any paddle I've ever used. However, I, I don't think that the, the core of it is particularly so for me, I feel like when I use that paddle, I can hit the same exact shot and have two different reactions. So, one of the other paddles I've been using recently is Ben John's signature paddle, but I'm starting to like that one as well. It's, it's very similar to the Onyx Evoke Premier in a lot of ways, although it is slightly longer. So that's another good paddle. So I'd say I'd rank, I like the Onyx Evoke Premier. I like the Ben John's Franklin signature paddle. Other than that, I don't really care for, for too many other paddles. So yeah.
0: Well, you just said that you were a free agent in terms of paddle sponsorship. W- what about your other paddle sp- or your other sponsorships in pickleball? Are you um, endorsing yeah. some other things?
1: Yeah, I've got some. Well, I have some interesting things in the works, but I'm I'm currently with, with Wilson for shoes and kind of like accessories. I, I reached out to Wilson about a couple months ago because I used their overgrips for forever. And I said, hey, you know, can I become a affiliate or something for those? And yeah, then they put shoes on my feet, too, which is awesome because I, my, my yearly shoe budget like 1500 bucks. So that, that's it.
0: All right. Well, um, good deal then. If somebody wants to reach out and contact you, where's the best place?
1: Yeah, well, um, I'm all over social media. So I would say the best place would probably be my, my Facebook page, which is Dane Navratil Pickleball, also on the Instagram, which is the same deal, Dane Navratil Pickleball, and I I post I post a wide array of, of of things. The other day I posted a video of how bad I am currently at tennis, playing for the first time in like seven months. I post uh, I post much better videos of highlight points for pickleball, just kind of all over the board with it. I, I think it's entertaining stuff, but yeah. So that's that's the best way to get a a hold of me is through social media.
0: All right. Well, good deal. I appreciate you so much, Zane, for being on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, Thank you very much for having me, Lynn. This is a fun time. I appreciate
0: it. All right. Well, take care. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.